Good morning. Oh, it's almost afternoon. It's 11.35. I'm doing a podcast on a nice, beautiful, warm Sunday. Um, I'm not quite sure. It's the 26th of April. We're in the middle of the coronavirus, as, as everybody is, of 2020, I should say. Uh, you could be listening to this podcast at any year, I'm guessing. So we all know what we're talking about. We all have, this, all have the same reference points now. And I'm taking a walk, I'm in Kent at the moment, taking a walk in a nice big park called Moat Park, trying to find some space away from other humans, which is relatively easily these days. Uh, lots of people are out for their social distancing walk, but it's such a big park, it's very easy to sort of disappear. And I'm sort of walking straight across this beautiful grassy field, and there are dandelions popping up, uh, dandelion clocks, daisies, and in the distance, just a beautiful collection of trees, um, clusters of oaks and um, birches, and um, what else have we got there? Some, ches- some uh, chestnut trees, um, hazels. I think there's birches also in the distance. Beautiful. And they're all coming into leaf. I'm starting to see beautiful. In fact, it's reminding me of spring, really. Uh, uh, sorry, autumn. It is spring. It's, um, I've got green and browns and yellows. It's beautiful. It's really nice. Um, leaving my other half in the house because she's got a lot of work to do. So we don't pretty much... Well, we do sometimes completely give up work on a weekend, but a lot of the time we've been working through it. I certainly have with uh, a publishing company and writing and things like that, so I've been very busy. So this podcast is actually inspired by one of my listeners and followers, um, someone I've been, who's been following me for ages, Mike Appleton, um, who does his own podcast. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm just, just opening up Twitter... And he said, um, well, we were just having a little chat and, you know, everyone's feeling in different frames of mind at the moment. Some people are, like, exercising every day, learning a new instrument, learning to stand on their head while cook a three-course meal. Um, you know, it, 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 the trouble is you see these sort of bursts of, of activity online of people and it's just one side of their life. And they could be completely hopeless you know, on the, on the flip side. And it doesn't matter if you are, because everybody is. It doesn't matter if you're not actually out regularly doing this and that, or, or um, you, you've, you know, you've turned your whole life around in this lockdown. It doesn't really matter. What matters is more about, are you doing the thing, things that are making you happy? Um, so his, he actually inspired me to do this podcast And he said, um, you know, we had a little exchange. He said, well, your next podcast needs to be about finding your muse and motivation in time of shit. (laughs) Time of crisis, whatever you want to call it, Um, which I thought was really good. And actually, it's, it's actually inspired me now to record this podcast. So, and I think what I've been noticing in this, and I've been doing this podcast since 2014, and I think that's pretty good, actually, because obviously podcasting has become very fashionable now, and I think everyone thinks, oh, jumping on the bandwagon, blah, blah, blah. And I don't think I've got anything particularly extra original to say, but it is from my point of view, so there might be a little different twist on things. And, yeah, if you haven't encountered the podcast before, 
have a little look through the back catalogue because most of them really about my writer's journey, about about the writing life and publishing as well, self-publishing. And now it's branched into actually sort of becoming a independent trade publisher. So I will be talking a lot about that in podcasts, but I kind of thought it might be quite interesting to talk about that muse and that writing process and that inspiration. Um, and I think, you know, um, sometimes you can look at other people's output, tweet, I mean, it's usually on social media now, and you just, it either inspires you or it deflates you. Um, just walking up a nice little hill here, but I've just gone into the shade under a whole load of trees. It's beautiful. So nice. Oh, I could just sit here all day just with a nice picnic and go to sleep under a tree. But I won't. I'll keep walking. Um, so, yeah, this podcast is... And if you've probably heard them before, they're not like a whole load of structured questions and I don't do any production work before or hardly much afterwards. They always were going to be a kind of muse of me going out on my ramble, having a ramble. And I know that, uh, you know, other famous podcasters now are using that rambling uh, sort of notion. Uh, Adam Buxton, who's one of my favourites as well. Adam and Joe, love them for years, so check out his, the Adam Buxton podcast is awesome. Love it. Um, but I did not copy him. As far as I was, I was con- aware, I think I was doing my podcast before Adam Buxton, and I think I was doing it while walking out in the country and recording it on my phone, which is pretty much what he does although a lot better quality and I mean, his one's about an interview it's about interviewing people apart from interviewing, interviewing a few authors here and there this podcast will really be me rambling on as it always has been so muse writer's muse um, how to find your inspiration in a time of shit well one is don't worry about it so okay this is my point of view um, I completely understand that burning desire to write or to create and you could be a writer you could be an illustrator you could be a designer really you just could be a scientist you just get this ping of an idea you get this drive whatever motivation you have in your particular job or what you're interested in I understand it and it's like it gets you up in the morning when it's really going for it Um, and it can keep you awake at night and I sort of call it a muse it's you know, it's dangerous to sort of think that you have to wait for inspiration. But you do need to be inspired, I believe. Um, and that doesn't mean you have to wait for it. The old one is, don't wait for inspiration. Um, sit down at the chair every day and do whatever you do. Okay, let's, we're talking about writing here. And write, and sometimes it will feel really painful. And you'll be writing a right load of crap. But you might just, within that little session, have a little bit of inspiration might just spark back. Sorry, the helicopter in the distance. Um, keeping an eye on us all, probably. I expected Chinook just to land in front of me and troops to come out and me to be arrested for recording a podcast while walking. No, no, not really. Anyway, so, yeah. I mean, I mean so one... I might kind of have like cluster this all together in some top tips, but the old, well, the professional writer would say, don't wait for inspiration. You know, you know about it's really, it's 99% perspiration. It is about just getting on with the work and applying bottom to seat and making it like a job. Now, that is, I believe in that. 
but I also believe that you don't want to lose the joy of it all and that's I think what I'm talking about more with Muse sometimes it's your job as a writer and you do and you will find enjoyment through applying bum to seat even if you don't want to because you will get that spark again um, but sometimes you just completely lose it altogether and it might not be your key job and let's face it a heck of a lot of writers and some very good ones do not have writing as their key main income source god forbid you know i mean we'd all like that but it is very difficult and only the top triangle of authors that you that yawn libraries and bookshops to death with i won't mention the names because i don't want to give them any more plugging and they're and they're wonderful in their own right and some of them could be really genuinely good and others i believe are absolutely dire but let's face it they're making an income from it now i actually quite admire them for that because it is quite a trick um so let's not get sort of bogged down with money and trying to make money this is just purely that muse that you might have to create and you love doing it and it might not be your living but you just love doing it and you've lost it and I can understand that because I completely lost my muse when I had quite a life-changing experience for me anyway um, it was when I effectively well when I split up with my wife you know when my family split up it was it was horrible it was um, well it was it was like my world has disappeared my the floor that I knew was there was always there in the morning was gone and I really did feel like I had fallen through a trapdoor so you know that kind of Alice in Wonderland thing falling forever um, and I have to say writing for the probably the first time in a long time since I ever started thinking about writing wanting to write it just went it went completely and utterly it went and it disappeared <laughs> and that was and I didn't worry about it at first because you know in, an, in any kind of traumatic situation whatever it is you don't even worry about those things you worry about the immediate things you know so it, it was very trivial to even think about it and I didn't even think about it and I didn't worry about not thinking about it so I think that's the first that's another thing do not worry about not thinking about it have a break from it because in the end if you find something else that fuels your fire then great because in a way without that the doldrums effectively you wouldn't have found inspiration for something else so you know don't worry about it um, but if you're sort of you are worrying about it because you're obviously aware that the fact you'd like to be creative again um, how do you get your muse back <laughs> Well, it depends on the person and the situation. Um, I believe it's... I suppose I, personally... I write for myself, but I love someone else to talk about with the writing, or even write about them, or, you know, in the classic sort of romantic sense of someone is your muse. I quite like that notion. Um, I suppose that notion found me. I didn't go out and wistfully think, I need a muse to find before I can write. It just sort of happened. And I, I realised that without the people special in the world and the ones you love, it didn't have so much meaning. But I'm not saying you need someone to write. Um, 
certainly not. You know, you don't. I'm not talking about you have to sort of have a partner or anything like that. Um, so I had to stop the recording just for a second there because there was a very exuberant family with about five children all going mental. Um, so yeah, I wasn't saying you need another partner or anything like that, but you know, I, so. What am I saying there? Go out and get yourself a partner if you haven't got one, and that might get your muse back. Um, no, it'll probably, it'll probably be so busy you won't even be bothering about writing because there'll be more exciting things to do. So I wasn't saying that, but um, I think... Right, let's go back to, like, the drive. I suppose for me, it's like... I guess different people have different reasons for why they want to write or publish books and things like that and it's sometimes it might be like they want plaudits they want adoration from their peers or from you know from the writing community or from publishers they want other people to say pat on the back we all like to be told we're very good you're good enough to be published everyone wants that it's lovely and it is a nice feeling it's not the absolute end of things and you have to make a lot of compromises to make that happen sometimes. Sometimes it just happens all for luck. I'm not saying none of it is to do with skill and, and craft, but you do need a heck of a lot of luck. And there might be loads of, oh, think of all the, I'm just publishing someone at the moment, basically, taking on a lady who's amazing and just has published a lot of work before. And self-published, which is brilliant. I really like self-publishers because they really know what it's like to try and sell your own book. It's very difficult. So, um, and you know, she's got a children's book I'm gonna publish that was almost published by two other big, big publishers. And it, for various reasons, it just didn't. didn't. Not because it wasn't any good, but you know, just not maybe right, wrong place, wrong time. Uh, other things happen, people move, die life you know things like that so it's like it's maybe go back to why you even started it all in the first place and sort of question yourself and go why am I doing this for what what is getting me out of bed and it could be this drive to be published by a big publisher is sort of killing you in a way I'm not saying give up the dream but I'm saying readjust it or either see what they need to get published or learn pretty quick that whatever you write even if it's the best prose in the world it might still not get published by a big publisher or even a small one for various different reasons it might not be commercial enough it still might be good or there still might be a smaller proportion of the population that might enjoy it so so you know and one idea is to if you're really dreaming of getting published and you've just failed and failed and failed keep sort of trying in the background but do something else another creative pursuit um or change change your writing style if, or have a go at a different other style you could be more of a prose writer or you could be more of a poet you might just not be able to string a great story together but you could really damn well write a couple of lovely sentences and things like that yes I know you can combine it in, in getting published in a book as well but anyway I'm just I'm just riffing here um, so you know talk to yourself and go why did I get all why why did I do this in the first place what was what was what was the goal here and if you've lost track you might find you know how to put yourself back on track um, so yeah, I would say that's a good thing to do. 
Um, I suppose it's kind of everyone wants to be successful to some degree, so it, it sometimes is useful to have a think about what is success. What does success mean to you? What, what do you is it is it winning lots of writing awards and? being talked about and being listened to on Twitter or whatever or is it just writing something you are so proud of that it's unbelievable or 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 just writing something to please your child or or writing the memories down of your parents or just there's so many other reasons to write you know I'm I'm working, well hopefully we'll be working with a lady who wants to self-publish loads of stories she has written since the 90s. Yeah, she'd like it wider published and I haven't even looked at it yet. But she's, she woke up one day and she told me, basically she woke up and she was pretty much practically blind. This is a retired lady. I mean, devastating. She thought her writing was over and she's, you know, she, she said it's a struggle now to still write. Started, you know, it's, it's a fairly recent thing. This, so she's still adjusting, and uh, she wants to get her work published for her family because her family have liked the books, and and she doesn't, you know, she's realistic. She doesn't necessarily think she's got the next Harry Potter or anything, even though it's supposed to be a bit like that. Um, but it, she just wants it published, just to sort of say she did it, and you know, she's she's. We're probably going to self-publish at least the first book and see how it goes. Um, so. And, she, you know, I was telling her about all this amazing assisted technology. You can get the books read to you. She hasn't got a computer and she hasn't got email. You know, she's, she, said this, she said herself she's old-fashioned. You know, we had a phone call and she's got a typed manuscript. At least it's not handwritten. She's done it on a typewriter. So, and when I told her about all these things, I said, you know, you could just dictate your next book. And she was quite inspired by that. So, again, inspiration can be lost through... Again, a big change in your life. So it's sort of, it's it's um, getting to grip with it and then thinking it's not the end. Never give up. But I think my motto of onwards is pretty useful. Um, yeah, I think you should bear it in mind because what else have we got but to just pick ourselves up and, and go on? Um, I mean, other extraneous things can always help with inspiration, like doing, like my nan always used to say, if you're ever frustrated with something, you can't do it, leave it. I used to hate that advice, but it's the best advice ever. Leave it and go and do something different. Go for a walk, go for a run, stand on your head, watch telly, go and fly a plane. Yeah, just do, play with your kids, whatever you, whatever you do, just do it. And you'll find in the middle of that, or washing up or whatever, you'll, you'll just get, you'll get inspiration back again. So don't look too hard at the detail of it. Um, and enjoy that lovely flash of inspiration. Have a pen and paper by your bedside for when you wake up with a crazy dream. Um, in the middle of a conversation with people, you might just need to disappear off to the loo as an excuse and actually record down that brilliant idea you had. I'm actually now a little bit lost. Well, I know I'm still in the park, but I've kind of gone on quite an interesting different trail. I'm just going to stay in all the, the woody area. Hope I come out somewhere good. What's difficult with these little paths, obviously you can't really social distance very easily. So I've just got to hope there's no one else coming along. But yeah, I'm in a kind of little wood in the middle of the park. I'll pop out again soon on a main pathway. Um, 
so what else what else what else inspiration um have being yeah i think goes back to my first one about applying bum to seat which is be try and be organized try and have some kind of structure you need a combination i think of structure plus enough random things to generate serendipity of that chance encounters and that chance ideas and then learning to listen to them um so this is more i suppose about trying to make beachy books a success rather than maybe although i think this actually would really apply well to a book because obviously some people are planners and others are just they just come up with a flash of inspiration start writing and then they just do masses of editing so i think having a plan at least at the outset is really good but then be prepared to change it if you don't plan you plan to fail all of that business right uh, i think i'm on the right track <laughs> quite literally so yeah I, personally for my business i really have found it very motivating to have almost like a tick list i just do it in a spreadsheet with dates I mean yeah you can use project management software or you know there's a million other tools and apps you could use but it's quite I mean some of these spreadsheets I just keep the tasks in there especially when it comes to maybe tasks on a book or I had loads of tasks to basically get me from sole trader to limited and sounds rather dull but and it just really is very satisfying knowing that you've ticked off those things and when you think god I've hardly done anything what have I done or you look back and you go oh my god i did all that in just a week or two you know i'm being a bit hard on myself <sighs> the big family that i was trying to get away from are now bounding towards me so i've just kind of veered off somewhere else now uh i'm hoping they don't come and follow me <laughs> so i'm going through the long grass now oh i found another path brilliant there you go you, you see there you go random chance encounters i didn't know that family was going to come along and run towards me on that path and it made me it made me veer across to another area and i found a really lovely bit of the park i'd never seen before bingo there you go hey see if i planned this podcast i would never would have talked about that so have enough planning to sort of get you going and steer you there and to give you confidence that you've done a few bits but also be open to chance encounters uh yeah there you go um can i think of anything else to inspire you thinking about from personal anecdotes um right okay let's i suppose i suppose i even though i sort of i i know what it's like to, i just had a fly almost fly in my mouth which is sorry about the the sweary um i know what it's like to sort of completely lose that creative muse so i sort of got that burn and desire back again more for kind of for me for publishing rather than my own writing i have to say that own writing desire didn't come back for quite a bit after getting myself back on my feet again after my life change you know um it, it, it i sort of i tell you what can be really good if you're if you're not just starting out and you have got writing over years or books you've probably been published look at them again look at them why not 
look at them and be proud of the things you did. Um, and yes, you'll probably read some not quite published and probably go, well, there you go. I understand now why I wasn't published. I was completely deluded. Like I read through a um, covering letter that I sent. Oh, it's embarrassing. I'm not going to tell you what the publisher was. So I probably, probably, you know, my name's in the... The thing is, it doesn't matter. You, you can bet your bottom dollar the actual publisher didn't read it. One of the readers read it, if they even read it. So anyway, I wrote this ridiculously long two-page covering letter. Basically, I was reading it myself. This is cold now, years and years after, probably 15 years after. I was embarrassed. And it wasn't like it was spelt badly or gra- grammatically wrong. It was okay. It started off quite quite upbeat, not too... I don't know. It was, And then it started to go on about myself. It was like a sort of laying out my CV to an employer rather than you have a little brief background of yourself and really try and sell the book. So it was very embarrassing to read back. So the thing is you learn from that. You're learning then from a mistake, aren't you? And yes, it is a bit painful to read over some really bad writing, but... I bet your bottom dollar you will be a better writer then. You might not remember what you did and how you did it, and you, but you, you'll look at it and you'll go, oh my God, I know how to solve that now. Or, oh my God, that's so easy to edit now. So, well, but that sort of leads on to the other thing is that you can read lots of stuff and it can be pretty damn good. And yes, it needs a little shape here and there. It might need updating, like you might mention, like in one story, I had VHS tapes and it, it was almost in reference to the fact that VHS was old even then. And the guy was saying DVD. Well, now DVD just sounds old, doesn't it? You know, it's all that kind of silly stuff. So, but I found a story that I really liked and I knew I was actually quite happy with it, but I got so demoralized with rejection for that one even though I got some quite nice feedback it was like oh and I just left it I thought it was a right load of old pants oh. right I've got to try and avoid people as you can probably hear sort of computer game when you're outside you've just got to avoid people bumping into them like sort of playing a game of pac-man or something it's even worse in supermarkets um right so yeah what was i saying so yeah read over old stuff you'll you'll learn you'll learn from your mistakes and you might find some absolutely diamonds in the rough that you really loved and believed in but you got totally and utterly crushed by the ghastly system of modern publishing and believe me I totally understand what it's like to have rejection um right I'm going out on the main path here so it should be fun and games it's always a bit tricky to keep away oh I'm going to go somewhere else uh where am I going to go I'll go through there I think um just waiting for people to move my bearings there which I do a lot and I was going around the well I wanted to go around the other way from the park because there's a big lake oh god there's loads of people coming I don't think everybody is adhering to social distancing somehow I think they've sort of got bored of it now very annoying 
Anyway, um, I'm going past a deep water sign. There you go. You know what? There's just a little bit of me that just wants to run in because it's so hot at the moment, but I obviously wouldn't advocate doing that. Oh, God, it's very busy on the bridge. Right. So, um, what was I saying? So, yeah, find some... Find old work. Um, and edit it. Um, and, yeah, find a diamond in the rough. Um, and, yeah, what was I saying? So yeah, the um, and I totally understand that, and I do understand also that joy of being published, and also the joy of doing it yourself, and the joy of publishing other people's work. So I've gone through a fair loop of those different things, but believe me, the modern day publishing industry destroys a lot of writers, um, and it is it's sort of survival of the fittest, but it's survival of the people who want to change their writing enough to make it work. Um, or to make it commercial enough. Um, you know, it, it's so hard to get across because it sounds like someone really being grumbling because they haven't been published, but I can honestly say I have been published and I've gone through different routes and there's still achievements I would like to do. But I really understand publishing a bit more now, so I understand that there's tons of writers we'll never, ever really hear about um, because their writing doesn't fit within the boxes. So, again, take that as inspiration. Um, just a little bit out of breath because I'm climbing a hill. Oh, it is joyous. People are really... I think, in, I think they're taking a chance to get out before we've got rain coming in next week, I believe. So, trying to think of one other thing that would be good to talk about. Um, run dry a bit, really. Uh, I don't know, it's, it's just a magical, strange thing, Muse, and inspiration, and why you get a drive for something. And you can get blinded by it. I'd, you, you almost become, especially when you're really into like a novel or something quite long or something that's taking a long time, it can become, well, you become fully, completely and utterly obsessed by it. Um, you know, and you will bore your, if you are with family and partner, them to death with it or friends. Um, or you'll have learnt your lesson like me and not really mentioned much about it. Now, the thing is, it is really good to talk about it because sometimes when you talk about it, they might just ask you something blankly about it or obliquely or... And you go, oh, you haven't thought of that or, yeah, maybe I have got a bit too obsessed with this and is it just me that's going to like this or is anybody... You know, you've got to think about your audience and things like that. So, but don't worry about that at the beginning. Just enjoy it. Because that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about getting your muse back. It's about bloody enjoying writing again. And that is, I would say that if you are, have multiple, ah, here we go. I've got just thought of one. Have multiple projects to do at the same time. Brilliant, brilliant. Almost leading off from that other one about the fact you can get, you can become completely obsessed with one idea or one way of doing it. Um, 
which means that if that one idea after years and years of work doesn't get published or doesn't whatever it doesn't it doesn't you're not even satisfied with it which is even worse actually you know if you've let yourself down you've got nothing else to go to um so i would strongly recommend if you do have a major project have a few little minor projects or i start i actually do a scattergun approach now where i just do a bit of things and a bit of that it's a different approach and it's something i probably wouldn't have been able to have done years ago but i have to do it now for my business otherwise i would just concentrate on one thing which i love doing who doesn't like to just put their headphones on and just get on with one thing and don't disturb me i'm doing this i'm doing this i think if you have more of a multitasking type approach it can really help um I mean, there's so many other tricks of like, this is more about trying to complete a novel and write a block, but it's like, you know, finishing just before you really should finish. So you've still got the ideas bubbling. But in a way, I take that as being, well, get on with something else. Um, quite nice to have a shorter project on or maybe a little shorter children's story and then a longer novel or whatever you write. I'm just talking about novels here. Um, it could be like, you know, get into some research if you're a fiction writer do something get into the research of something and maybe write a non-fiction that can be fascinating you know obviously that uses up hours of time but it's great fun research things read read other writers read other stuff that's gone before you read outside of your subject areas yeah again to generate new ideas um, right it's going to get really busy now so, and I'm reaching a waterfall, which I think is quite a quite good metaphor here. Yes, so, ah, and, right, this is like the kind of end of a, a yoga workout thing. Um, you just kind of get to the end of your workout and you just hear the little ding of the bell. And then you've got to hear the, the water, um, just, just listen to the water, close your eyes and stretch everything out. That's it. Put your pencil down, your pen. That's it. Stop, stop fiddling around with the keyboard. Stop tweeting. That's it. Just chill. And relax. When you wake up, you open your eyes, you'll sit up and you might have your muse back but you'll probably just go onto Twitter again but no, 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 seriously I believe that if you listen to this podcast at least three times um, you will get your muse and inspiration back in a time of shit so thank you very much and enjoy and take care and I'll speak to you soon goodbye Dan O'Neill.